Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 131. I'm Eric Berger, and beside me is my co-host Ryan Sinitsky, who is cutting apart some turtle murder rings with a key that appears to be not sharp at all. Now you're switching to a Harbor Freight pliers. That's also not sharp. Well, it is a bit rusty. I was using it to try to fix a fridge, but I failed. And speaking of hey, fridge... it worked! Look I, how well that worked! <clears throat> well, the stream oh, can't hello, see what everyone. you're doing. Okay, alright, let's watch as Ryan... Saves a turtle's life. Ah, oops. Yep. Look at that low-density polyethylene go. And, ah, and now we're saved. So, save I want to start turtles. this episode with a... Well, normally it would be beer, but it's a fridge update. My new fridge finally showed up six weeks later. I'm having the first beer I've ever had out of this. I'm having a cool... Cool. Cool light. Cool it's light. K-U-L, and the U has an umlaut over it. And then so there's I'm a light a... after it. Last week I was in California. Uh, I had a Budweiser with my uncle Ray. Um, we have a lot of uncles in California, as it turns out. Uh, Ralph and Ray. Ray. Okay, I've got fine. two, and, yeah, that's and a then lot. I've got a bump of the clown. That's a lot. In my yeah. opinion, that's a that's a ton. So. I, I have a lot of clowns. <clears throat> Yikes! Yeah. Because Bumpo used to be a clown. Great. He still goes by his clown name. I, that is not something I really needed to know. But anyway, I, I've got my new refrigerator. It is currently downstairs. That is have better to than Budweiser. It's actually not a bad beer. I, like, it, it, I mean, like no, it's light. bad. It is actually bad, but it's a hell of a lot better than Budweiser. It's Bud not Weiser. that bad. For a light beer, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, and it keeps it's got me a drinking lot, It's got slowly, a lot of flavor good. for a light for beer. For a light beer, it does. Yeah. And it's also like a nickel for a case. So that's it's good. Pretty nice. Um, cool. Well, we've got the fridge update. And I'm going to move. Uh, I want to move on to, uh, I'm actually going to bring this back because I feel a little bit bad. We do have some pretty good patrons, uh, patreon.com forward slash arbitrage. been a lot happening. There's a lot so. happening, and also it's we use one Google Doc for the show, and it's been that way since episode one of Motor Cult. So it's an 89-page Google Doc now, and I think I might have to so make a second I one. I want you to know I'm writing a novel. Oh, no. And... It is not as long as these notes are yet. Good. I mean, that, if it was as long as our notes, I think we would probably have a problem with your your book. That that also, it, well, it's a novel. It's going to be long. But, I'm going to uh, call it a book because but yeah. I, I don't know the difference between a novel and a book. But anyway, it, it, that's with 20 pages of world building that I oh have just God. in notes for myself. Is it pre-war world building? No. Okay, fine. I can't even hit the bell. Um, anyway, so I want to start with the Patreon topic because it's Dude, relevant. Dude, These flies are I everywhere. I know, there's fruit flies because the old fridge is still broken. God. <clears throat> so I want to talk about <laughs> Trump, and I'm not talking about the current news, which is impeachment or whatever. I want to talk about the fact that he is trying to repeal the clean air laws that California has had in place for about 45 years. It's not going to – it's not worth anything. It's, it's not going to work, and it's in place, and if anything – you know, people are kind of on board with the, yeah, okay, my car should probably pollute a little bit less because I'm not really getting much of a downside. So <laughs> he has submitted legislation. It's not moving forward, thank goodness. And not only that, but automakers and states individually are pushing back. And on the heels of that, I'm going to bring this back to Minnesota because that's something yeah. we try to do. Our governor, Tim Waltz, has actually submitted legislation to the Minnesota State House to adopt the California Clean Air. No. Not all of it. Not all of it. I, you're, I could tell you're perturbed by this, but let me explain it. It doesn't have anything to do with emissions testing. Good. And it lets us have the EVs that are currently California and Oregon only. 
Okay, that's her. It's that a sounds, good thing. That's good. It's a good thing. I looked into it. It's fine. That's actually what we want. So we'll get things like the ID platform Volkswagens. Was, we'll get the next gen. I was gonna. I was it. gonna say it. Like we don't want emissions testing. If here. we have emissions testing, every one of my cars have to if go. If that away. happened, I think the stuff that's currently here would be exempted. So it still wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I would also probably move to Wisconsin legally. No, you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And there no, you go. no, 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 no. I mean, I would, I would just buy like a one acre plot of yeah, land I know. in Wisconsin. And that's why I'm saying you're part of the problem because there's tons of people that do that. That's just fine anyway, with me. Anyway, why don't you move on to your topic? <laughs> uh, but no, no. actually, I, I do want to talk about the emissions thing. Cause I do think fine, let's circle I, back to my topic. Well, no, because I, I think it's real, really interesting that um, tr- Trump, Republicans, whoever, they, they all think that, oh, just because I changed this law, we're going to go back to having more fuel, like gas guzzlers. Right. Why don't you well, do something positive and repeal well, the twenty-five-year rule? No, but see, this is a thing, though. Is like it's like he thinks that America exists in a bubble, and that like GM doesn't sell every Buick in China, and a world where Ford doesn't design their small cars for European emission standards because that's where they sell all of them. Right. But all this would ever affect our like. Semi trucks. And we're, well, the thing is, I mean, the semi trucks are commercial vehicles, so they yeah. they kind of abide by a different set of rules, much like a shipping ship would do. And I was, <sighs> I was just trying to come up with like, what is the lowest common denominator that does and not like locomotive leave America? And things like that. So yeah. honestly, the lowest common denominator with emissions are cargo ships. Yeah, they're the least regulated. They do still have regulation though, it. and it's improving. So I mean, making a really small change on that scale is arguably as significant as a pretty significant change for carb for cars yes because actual emissions it's like 30 percent tankers in the entire world like yeah. it's amazing how much fuel those things burn well if you look at what they burn too it's right. not it's, like it's, it's not, not like they're quality diesel yeah it's fine it's waste oil it is literally heavy fuel oil <laughs> right and it, it doesn't <laughs> burn well and there's no like catalytic converters on these things no so or yeah. direct injection or any well any they of are that direct injection oh are they yeah because they're, they're still diesels well i mean yeah i guess it's a good point um but yeah, so I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I also don't understand what this like assault on efficient vehicles is. I don't because, know either. Like, I no, think everyone's like, okay with them. me being the quote unquote problem with my unfuel efficient cars. Um, I still, I, I still like appreciate fuel efficient cars, right? And I, I still appreciate the things that they've given and us. And you understand I mean, why they're they're showing up? Yeah. You know? Not only, not only do I understand why they're they're showing up. I understand that um, a lot of my favorite things are because of fuel emissions. So if it wasn't for... You're saying the highest emission vehicles are the most fun? Well, no. I mean, like... Because like I the, love the, doing the... a track day with my Emma Marisk. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, like, things like... Well, I guess the Tesla is kind of an, like a, a weird offshoot. It's an outlier. Of it. Yeah, we but won't like, count it for this. It's not a microcosm. Electronic thing. fuel injection. Right. The three-way catalytic converter, so you can actually make power with a catalytic converter. Right. Um, like modern turbocharging technology. Direct variable, injection. Direct injection. Variable I, I, compression, I, that, no. Direct injection is not my favorite. Variable compression, also not my DI favorite. DI is but, good, but losing port injection is bad. Yes. Can I make that argument? Yes, that's fair. I'll give you that. So the engines like Ford and Toyota, where they have supplemental port injection that's only there to clean the ports. Those are good. Those are yes. good. Because then you get all the benefits of being able to utilize that cylinder pressure and that heat 
with a lower grade of fuel. Exactly. But um, having like six-speed manual transmissions as right. opposed to four-speeds uh, or three-speeds. Like, uh, well, yeah. These things... Lock-up torque converters. Lock-up torque converters. <laughs> a lot of these really cool things that we love about cars, yeah. they all come from fuel emissions and trying to get as much as you can out of a gallon of gas. Right. And it's like, like yeah, like the early days of traditional hot rodding, that was from trying to go faster. That was from right. World War II... Right. Fighter planes but and we're bombers. using 40-liter engines strapped to fire truck chassis. Yeah, but, well, I mean, not, not only that, but, I mean, like, like you know, turbocharging and nitrous oxide injection, well, and like, uh, stuff like that all came from World War II. The, the YN blowers that shipped on early Detroit diesels. People yes. started taking those off the diesels, which they needed them to run because they were yes. two-stroke diesels, and they would put them on gasoline V8s. Yeah. It was like... I, can, I have a cheap blower here from this diesel that's in a scrapyard, and I can make twice as much power exactly. to put a little pulley on this thing. So, yeah, it wasn't efficient back then, but it's kind of been a Those progression. Are, it, all that stuff. I mean, if we didn't have these regulations, it's, I was, it's like when I was talking to my coworker about the Japanese gentleman's agreement for 276. Hor- yeah, 276 horsepower. Um, like, I, I asked him, like, name one cool Japanese car that's come out after that has been like done with that is not the r35 gtr gr supra that's not really a japanese car i'm gonna call it a japanese car (laughs) but i mean like like, um like actually developed by like developing okay i'll give you that so i mean the gr supra and the jimny though but i mean those those aren't like high perform like those aren't japanese developed high performance vehicles i want a tangent real quick um Have you ever seen Car Wow's YouTube videos? They do like big runway drag races, uh, drag races, and, drag races, uh, drag races. Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> so they were doing like a, a big, powerful SUV. They like a Bentag like G65 AMG yeah. or whatever. And one of them, like the Trackhawk, broke before the race, so they grabbed a bone stock Jimny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like they never even showed the guy in the Jimny. I bet he had such a big smile on his face as he was doing this race. Yeah, he won. He jumped all the starts by like five seconds and still got just freight train. <laughs> It's like, go the with guy, was, guy was so well. He was also driving off road and over like logs oh, yeah. and stuff. Yep. And everybody else on, was on a runway. Anyway, he was right. in the woods, like a hundred feet away, <laughs> with just the biggest smile, though. But it, it's anyway. So back in my yes. my whole topic yep. is these regulations make cars better because it gives you something to strive for. Well, it, it lets. I mean, it, it puts something in place, but engineers work around it. Exactly. And then everything gets better. It's like F1 so, technology trickling into cars. Exactly. Well, here's a here's another great example. Um, America versus Japan in the 1950s. Okay. America had everything going for it. Laissez-faire. Laissez-faire. You could do whatever you want. You had unlimited resources. You could build. America you could build everything you could in anything you could imagine. You could build. Right. Japan, however. I've seen Rosie the Riveter. I got this. Japan, however. You had to pay three times as much in tax if your car was over was over 550 cc's. You or sorry, 360 cc's. Oh, if you had 360, my man. Yeah. So if you had like any sort of engine at all in your car, you'd have to pay a massive tax penalty. Sure. Also, you had no steel left in the country, and you didn't have any aircraft technology that you could build from because you literally were not allowed to build aircraft, and you didn't have any military technology because you weren't allowed to have a military anymore. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, and all your factories are bombed, so you don't have any... So, so this is going really well for Yeah, me. this is great for Japan. But the thing is, is Japan having to work around all of that... It's like a clean slate. 
They had a clean slate to draw from, yes. And they already had all the technology in the world, so they basically just could mulligan their entire automotive industry, which, to be fair, prior to World War II wasn't that great. You had, like, Datsun, mm-hmm. and then you had, like, some, like, factory knockdown kits of wheelies, and that's about it. Yep. Um, but with um, Japan, by the 1970s, 20 years later, you had a juggernaut that destroyed everything else that was this competition because they had nothing that was in their way of just having... They had to move forward. Right. And giving taking America and trying to take away emissions testing, that's going to... That's an attempt to stagnate American technology. Right. And it's... And, and maybe even regress. Yeah. And thankfully... We have a globalized society, so there's no way it's going to happen. That's anymore. the thing. We've been we've gotten so close to global unified cars for like emissions and crash standards. Yeah, like why? And that's why I think a lot of automakers are fighting back. They're like, no, let's no, no let's no, keep we're going. Just, we're just going to do. We're this. making these for the rest of the world. That's sane. So how about we just keep going for you too? We're not doing the Honda thing anymore, where you had 30 different gauge clusters because every country had a slightly different regulation. Mm-hmm. As to what direction your fuel gauge should read and what color the lights can be on the dashboard. And heaven forbid your speedometer reads more than 85 miles per hour. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, it, th- this is one of those things I think it's just ridiculous. A lot of people say, yeah, it's a gut thing, without thinking at all, like even a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't understand why people don't just like, just. just people are good at forward like, thinking. Like, spend like. It like it took me what like three seconds after saying yeah I don't like this but I understand why of like coming up with right a but litany your initial reaction was reading the headline and nothing else which is what all of Americans do and even then I was even then I said yeah uh, I'll just get a one acre plot in Wisconsin and register all my cars working to that. around the problem and then my immediate my immediate follow up was this makes sense though. Like, why would you ever want to not? Why, why would you ever want to get rid of these? Like, uh, these just make sense. Like, this is a problem. We need I want to do have. it. Otherwise, there just won't be a world left. So, there you go. Exactly. Yes. Um. Anyway, now that we're done talking about my topic, I want to talk about mine. So, speaking of California, I was just in California. Yes. Um. We were me and Jana went for JCCS, Japanese Classic Car Show. Yep. Um. And I kind of wanted to give some feedback on that because okay. it was a really, really awesome show. I also took her to the Peterson and everything, but I'll let her give her responses next week when she's here. Right yep. now, she's digging in the dirt in uh, southern Minnesota. <laughs> as is typical with Jenna. Yeah, as she does. Um, as she does. <laughs> but So I'm just going to leave this entirely on JCCS. Okay. Um, so first off, I want to talk about um, the show itself. That show was put on by a group about the size of Drive Cartel. Okay. And that is a world-class event. They had, uh, I think it was 300, 400 cars in show or something. And it was a record for them, but they had so much foot traffic. They had a line for tickets that went a quarter of a mile down the road. And that was with them moving. Cause Must be a big venue. No, it's a really small one. I was going to say, because <laughs> like, they've had 1,000 cars at this venue where we are. And it's been fine. It was probably about the size of, like, right over there. Without the building or with the building? Uh, like, the footprint of the building. Okay. Eh, it's not bad. Yeah, 400 cars, like... That's you, pretty dense. That, that's dense, but you that's manageable. But if you think about the fact that they had probably 3,000 spectators... 
That's a decent amount of foot traffic. Three, three to that's four thousand. That's about a third of what our peak cars and coffee got here. So that's yeah. a lot. But I mean, you also have to understand this is with entirely run by a crew the size of Drive Cartel, not anything. Was the else. show as high quality as a Drive Cartel show? Uh, I would say it higher, uh, and that's because of exclusivity. It's something that we don't do all that much in Minnesota. What are you doing? I'm gonna let you talk about that. I have to go around the corner real quick. Oh, you're gonna go pee. I am gonna go urinate. What if I was just completely silent so you just edit out and pretend you weren't even peeing? No. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't do editing. I don't, I don't have time. I'm just going to be quiet then. That's fine. Have fun, listeners, listening to the uh, quietness. Sorry, the uh, the screaming how, silence. How long do you pee for? I don't know. We'll find out. Oh, thank God he's gone now. All right, let's talk about pre-war cars. So when we were at the Peterson, it was actually really cool because Jan got to see the original Rolls-Royce Phantom. Um, this is a car that was just originally just a normal Rolls-Royce, but it was rebodied in Belgium in the 1930s. And it was like the ultimate expression of the Art Deco car. Uh, she really loved it. It's actually not considered a real Rolls-Royce because they cantered the grill back. And Rolls-Royce is just kind of bougie like that. And they don't let you canter the grills back. On their cars, they have to be entirely upright. But um, the car is really cool. These like awesome, like circular shaped doors. Uh, the car ended up getting lost to the world for a long time um, because it was uh, sent to America to escape World War II, so the Nazis couldn't take it. But ended up in a junkyard in New Jersey. Uh, but anyway, so uh, JCCS um, was uh, really really fun, really really interesting. Uh, definitely did not have anything pre-war Rolls-Royce in it. Um, which FYI, that's, I, how, that's how long it takes for me to pee. Okay, there we go. Now I know. Um, but anyway, so what I wanted to talk about, though, with uh, JCCS was this show was the size of a drive cartel event. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was entirely, like, on the level for being a world-class show. Like, I understand why everybody in the world talks about this. It's like well, the Part of pr- it's got to be location, but yeah. But, no, I mean, it's just the quality of cars. Sure. Uh, they cal- People don't just come from California. They come from around the country, around the world, to be frank, to show off their cars. Sure. Um, and it's it's like... I feel like Drive Cartel does that fairly well, but they do make some sacrifices. Drive Cartel is really good. Uh, I feel like if Drive Cartel teamed up with JCCS, you'd have the best show in the world. Well, the thing is, Drive Cartel is not a one-make, though. That's the well, thing. Well, not a one-make. A, a, a one, I mean? like a one a region. One, yeah, yeah, one region. And well, that's the thing. That's what JCCS mm. is, and, and I kind of get that from their name. Yeah, but I think um, <laughs> what I what I think we we should really talk about here is exclusivity in a show, and that's something that doesn't really happen in Minnesota as much. Is like it's like people are like afraid to say no to a car coming into a show. Not, JC, not me, man. JCCS, they will absolutely tell people no. You can't come in. There were plenty of cars that were out in the nosebleeds. That were really really nice, well, but, but that, like that's they didn't cool, have, though. but they didn't have any paint on it's them. It's like back way back in the day, Le Refuse, the art show where people didn't go in. The actual refused artwork art show was as popular as the real like curated show too. Yeah. But they're great for different reasons. It's yeah, exactly. They it's, should call it Le Refuse that'd or actually park. Be, that'd be really cool. It would be amazing. I guarantee it's not a trademark. There were some really really cool. Um, there's some really cool cars. That, like, actually, I took photos of because, like, outside of the show, because they were that cool. Um, one was a Datsun 
620 pickup truck camper. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, was it, it a Hyman made pickup? No, it was like a or Heimer. Uh, like it was a, a Heimer. Sorry, like Jeff from Inglewood. Ooh, uh, made not like, like an Eagle Hammerhead eye thrust. No, like Jeff. It, it's definitely just it, it's on airbags and it's got a camper on the back. I really like the late sixties yeah the JDM six, pickup front this, ends. Yeah, oh, they're great. Where they just take a normal car front end. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like a, the best of the America nineteen sixties front ends grafted to a useful vehicle that gets good fuel economy. If you're not familiar, if you're listening on on the Old radio, school, basically yeah. the radio, um, the, which is the, the majority of our listeners, the six twenty, the early six twenties are like a Datsun. Uh, four eleven or a five ten front end, like an early five ten front end. Yeah. Um, not the seven twenty, not the one the Hot Wheels made of, where it's very, very late sixties. This one's like a mid sixties look, front end. Um, but that's also going to lead me to my next point. Uh, people say California is the greatest place in the world for cars. Um, I'm just going to tell you, car shows maybe. Yeah, shows maybe, but I'm going to tell you right now. That the same quality of vehicles I saw, I see in Minnesota regularly, yep. I see in California. And California is really, really, really good at censoring out their crappy builds. The ones right. that like, we have like to saying, look at. Yeah. I think just the sheer number of vehicles they have to choose from is higher. So that's how they're able to do that. I think people here can be that choosy and yes. that good at it. And the cars we have, like you said, they are of that caliber. But we don't have as many of the super high caliber cars here or yes. we're bad at getting those people to notice the show. I think it's the so latter. Much stuff I think it's the latter. It's that marketing. That is sitting the show. in garages here that people have no interest in taking to shows. And it, well, that's the thing. That that's why I was um, going to get to is I really don't think that we do a good job a good job of marketing our shows. Well, to then ourselves. allow me to set you up for a segue to talk about that. Well, here one, one second. <laughs> I I made an Instagram post saying okay, this. I will, Scott. This AE86 was one of the best uh car a86s ever seen in my life it's the one i saw at hot import nights um and let me just bring up the picture for you eric that one it's very clean has it's the v- later front end on it it's the yeah the arrow headlight we talked about that yeah we did because uh, we both agree that the arrow headlights better on the a86 but you do not agree that it's better on the mustang fox body yeah i think it's objectively worse now um this horsepower HRS PWR underscore industries said Minnesota is 15 years too late. California has been having the best AE6 builds ever since the early 2000s. False. Because uh, I will guarantee you, every single AE86 I saw at JCCS this year, which is like peak AE86ness, like there were a lot of really good AE86s there. And AE86s were a car we got here. Yes. Yes, that's an American. There will be good ones everywhere in the country. But I this promise is this you. is the thing: is this guy saying, "Oh, well, California is like always going to have the best"? Uh, no, false. Because every single one that was at, at California, even the ones that are imported from Japan, were worse than this one. I didn't see a single one that was on par <laughs> with this black Levin that is in Minnesota. That is a nice looking car, I will say. I will say object. That is. Your E30 M3 of A86s. It is yeah. the best one ever made. There is not going to be... My car is really not that nice. It's the one that's... It's got everything right. It's done tastefully. It's done right. It doesn't have a bunch Fine. of stupid shit on it. Did that one at least have like a silver top? This one? No, yeah. it was, it was a small port, 16 valve, which is the one you want. Okay. 
We'll the small the small port 16 valve is the one where it's got power band that's more than 500 rpm so <laughs> fair, fair um, as one other my final <laughs> final item is i want to talk i talked to i met um one of the people that really got me into like excited about the car world when i was in high school uh his name's big mike he built it he he didn't just build a prelude, but... Dirty Mike and the boys? No, as he says on his podcast, he didn't just build a prelude, but he's famous for a prelude that he built. Um, and it's kind of one of those things like meeting your heroes. Everybody says never meet your hero- heroes and yeah. everything. This no, dude, absolutely do that. This dude is 100% every bit as inspirational and kind and legitimate as you would expect somebody to be. For me, heroes in this context it equates to a car, not a person, so I'm well, interested to I hear think that. As as yeah. the person, like yeah. this one he he lived up to every standard I could I've I could have ever had from. And then on top of that, he took in like an hour and a half out of his time yeah. to have an extensive conversation with me and Jana while he walked around JCCS. That's very it nice was really, really, really cool. I like when I meet people like that. I mean and, it's even I'm usually on the other side of that equation. People yeah. walking through in a car show like today, Cars and Caves. Most of the people are just like shouting at you, yo, who owns this garage? I got a question about a JB4. And some people are like just very cordial and friendly when they come up to you and they have legitimate questions and they're just super excited. Yeah. I'm like, I'm immediately going to give you the time of day. But I mean, you guys probably approach in a way that's much more humble. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I do. I, I approached him, and I'm like, hey, are, are, are you Big Mike? He goes, y- yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I just I wanted to let you know, like, I'm like a really big fan of yours, like, like since I, I was in high school. You, <laughs> yeah, so like, 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 right on, you, bro. You were, you were, like, a really big part of me becoming who I am today. Um, but it, Like, a big part of me, like, you know, being into Japanese cars, building them, giving me, like, Did really interesting. Did he make you jump? No. Oh, okay. uh, but I do want to shout out his podcast. It's called The Think Bigger Project, and The Think Bigger Project uh, Podcast and his whole thing is where he uh, he's really motivational with like everything he does. He's super duper motivational. Um, and the Think Bigger project is about taking that mindset that you have to building a really good car and expanding that beyond that. So you're really good at that. Where you your cars are built so you know so you can make money on them, so you can get something out mm-hmm. of them. Uh, a lot of people they just build up the car and that's just the end of it. Like that's their end game is to build a cool car. Right. But what big Mike does, he built his prelude, but he's like, I didn't build it just to be a cool prelude. It happened to be a cool prelude. Right. Like I, I made what I want and people like it. Yes. That's like Blubsky. Exactly. That car makes no sense, but people adore the damn thing. Yeah. It, it's exactly like that where I built exactly what I wanted to because I had a vision in my head and I it's wanted weird that people have congruent views of what's cool. Yeah. And he was, his big thing is he's like, I built this to achieve a goal. I want to see how, it, like, if I built a car as everything I wanted, how I could get to that. And he did that. Mm-hmm. And what's more important about that is the message behind it of you have to do stuff for yourself. People aren't going to just do stuff for you. You actually have to build this right. to and be if you're, your If you're building thing. it to be popular, you're inevitably going to fall on so many deaf ears. And Well, that's the thing. He goes... He actually, we were talk- we were walking around with him before he even did his podcast episode, like weeks before, because he just did this episode like yesterday. Sure. Um, about uh, his whole "I did not build a prelude" episode. I think it's episode seven or something. Um, sorry, that that <laughs> spring right. was in a weird spot. I had to move it. 
<laughs> OCD is going mad, man. But uh, what he uh, said to me and Jaren was, he goes, all right, let's say you build a car. You build the hottest Honda you possibly can. You take my you take my Prelude, the Phase 2 Civic, and you take like an Airwalker body kit. Put all of it together. You make just the coolest Honda in the world. And it's what you think everybody's going to love. You take it out to a car show, and everybody walks past it. Well, now you don't like right. the car. Because you other find people, it cool. The other people don't like the car. You've now immediately failed at everything you were trying to do. Because not even you like your car. <laughs> How is ev- everybody else supposed to like it if you don't like You've it? You've built a Lamborghini Huracan. Yeah. like Great. Good job. Like, cool. Like You, just, you did a thing because you wanted the swag. but You built something you could have bought. Yeah, exactly. And so th- that's kind of what the, what he was talking about is, like, build stuff that you like so you're happy with it. And it's like, okay, it, a future project for me, but I'm going to circle it back real quick, is, like, when I inevitably put a flathead Ford V8 into an E36 M3, that car is going to get attention, and there's going to be a lot of people that hate it. You, you're building because that's what you want. That's <laughs> what I want. People are like, why? I'm like, because it's different. It's cool. It's why is cool? it cool? Because I like it. <laughs> Why, why do you like it? Because, fuck you, I don't have time for this shit. Like, do you know what's <laughs> not cool? An, e, an LS in an E36. It just doesn't matter. It's not cool. Well, I mean. It isn't. You, it is not cool. It's good, yes. If you, is if, it cool? Hell no. To the, to, the, to the builder, it's probably cool. It's not cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, builder. To you, to you it, it's not. But it, it's, it's like, it's within your. It's good. It's, it's not cool. It's all matter of perspective. So. Uh, I guess. And that's the thing. That's, that's what he's getting to is he's like. Another really interesting thing he said is, like, when people say, like, yeah, you built the best Honda Prelude ever versus, like, you you built this, like, whole thing and, like, you really made me think. Saying that, like, you built the best Honda Prelude ever is, like, cool, great. I built, like, one of six well-known cars. So that's really, like, a small compliment. Right. Whereas if I pr- he... I prefer the term backhanded. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if he's, like, hey, you, you really inspired me to do something. That's a totally different thing. I think that's a really, really cool insight that he has. Anyway, Big Mike, real life, just as cool as he is on his podcast, as a celebrity and everything. So there you go. Good. Go focus your attention on this man instead of the Tavarishes and the Doug DeMiros and the Tyler Hoovers of the world. Exactly that, yes. Go give these people attention. Yeah, Big Mike is exactly who you need to talk to. And you've actually got the next topic, too, looks like. Well... What am I looking at here on the screen? Because I can't see my topic. You don't have it on your laptop? No, laptop crashed. Oh, it's crashed. about excellent calendars. Oh, here. Talk about that upside-down Mazda that it's, you have on the screen. It's actually a Camry. And, okay. Uh, let, me, let me migrate over to this screen cap right here. So last week-ish, uh, I let you guys know the untimely death of the 2004 BMW E60 530i six-speed. My sister-in-law's car. We talked about that F10 535i rear-wheel drive manual. That car has been purchased. It's pretty good. Needs a water pump really badly. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I didn't give you all that many details about how it died. And if you're watching the stream, great, awesome. Just take a look at the left side of the screen. If you are not, I will try to convey in words what's going on here. So, typical uh, 1900s city grid layout. You've got right turns, you've got left turns, you've got houses on both sides with street parked cars. So you're not allowed to park within about, what, 10 feet of the end. But say you are the first car as close as you can legally be to that intersection when somebody takes a left turn and they're not paying attention. 
So the wheel slides a little bit out. Their front right tire drives up on the parked car's rear left, and it catapults the car that hits the parked car up in the air because tire on tire, very good traction. That's what you're seeing here. You're seeing a very <laughs> late model Camry that just completely molested this poor E60, cut it down on its prime, so wait, and that, that's, flipped that's... over. That's the car that totaled the E60. <laughs> there's, the, there's the E60 right there on the right side. I got this picture last night from my sister-in-law. I have no idea how they got this image. And I still don't think they even have a copy of the police report. But this person wasn't drunk, and this is broad daylight. This person's just a complete... A terrible driver. An ab- mm. It's like Jeremy Clarkson says. Driving is like soccer. If you have no interest in soccer, you're no you're good no at good it. you're no good at it, which means you should have your driving license taken away. Yes, exactly. Case in point. So there's the poor E60 <laughs> on the right side. I still haven't heard about the buyback. Still tons of unknowns. The F10's great. And screw this person. I want to hit their knees with a lead pipe. Now, if you've ever worked in the automotive industry, which you, I have. you know around this time of the year, you get inundated with really terrible calendars. Well, for the most part, uh, from car people, yes. In general, not necessarily because Pusheen well, calendars come out, too. No, but I mean, like, you get the free ones that are given to you by your parts guys and stuff. And we actually have a good one that we got from Volkswagen. It's a bunch of vintage Volkswagen ads. It's really cool. Um, and I actually have a Liquamali one in my room. Uh, however, uh, as I was wondering where these came from, O'Reilly is a master of doing the worst possible calendars. <laughs> Because they just, like, have, like, employees submit their cars with, like, phone photos. Like. So they're all, like, uh, F-bodies and W-bodies. And- we had, we got one, or, no, oh, Ma- sorry, I'm Miguel, Miguel showed me, uh, uh, there we go. There we go. <clears throat> Miguel showed me a uh, picture of, or not a picture of it, but one of the ones that he was supposed to give out to customers. And he showed me one that was, like, a one megabyte Phone oh, photo yeah. of a Chevy Beretta. Nice. That was, was it a GTZ? I don't know because it was matte black and debadged. <laughs> and you couldn't tell because it was three pixels wide. Yep, it was matte black debadged with like super like un like unusable like navy blue headlights on it. Oh yeah, through tinted lenses with like um, ARE Estrella wheels. Can you uh, Google the ARE Estrella wheel, please, so people uh, can see? A R E E S T R E L L A. E S T. No, whatever. no. No, because that's, that's not going to. E S T. And then put in wheel. Uh, it would be. That one right there at the top left. Oh, so the discount tire special of 10 years ago. Yes. Okay. The ARE Estrella. Uh, anyway, it was one of those. It's worth noting that both of our brains are just like repositories for useless car information. Absolutely worthless. Nobody's ever going to have to know that. Nope. So there you go. If you've I seen sh- a 1997 Corolla where no. they've gone to wheels up from their steelies with wheel covers, it's on ARC. <laughs> Sorry, it, ARE when, Estrellas. If there's ever like a, like a baby boomer, a grace generation a uh, person who had alloy wheels but they corroded and they had to get the cheapest possible wheel to replace their alloy wheels and didn't want to get steelies it's usually area strella and they bought one of them anyway i was always wondering where the hell do these terrible calendars come from and now i know because where do they come from ryan we received one from a wholesaler that ooh, makes ooh, these ooh. so we can see here <clears throat> at first i was peaked because i'm like all right pre-war awesome pre-war bugatti this is great like i'm gonna be about this this is gonna be really fun this is clearly a calendar 
Get, guess who your scoundrels makes. I think he can figure out just from the, the kind of cards. 2020. So we have a C1 Corvette uh, 58 or so. It's not a fuel it a or anything. It's a dual headlight. Yep, it's not a dually, or it's not a uh, fuel. Yeah. Uh, there's a Dodge Winchester. This one's actually kind of cool. Um, which is, yeah, 36. That's pre war. Um, then we have a, let's see here. It's I do one. highly recommend you go to YouTube and watch the video stream yeah. of this one. Then oh, it's a Studebaker. Studebaker, Thunderbird, Powerhawk, what which, year? uh, 56. Okay. Uh, then we have a Pontiac GTO, which is like, <laughs> that's okay. like a Malays era one. That was No, that's a seven. That's a 71. Yeah. Malays. Uh, then we, uh, all right, cool. Chrysler Imperial sedan complete with. Rusted, Rust. Rusted quarter panel. Or uh, <laughs> rusted fender. That's uh, a real car. Yeah, exactly. Normalized real bodies. The, the, this one, yeah, a 64 Mustang. Again, rusty. Rusty. Uh, sorry, 65 Mustang. Uh, 64 and a half, 66 Jaguar yeah. Mark 10. The only time I've ever seen one Garbage. of these other than in this calendar is in Top Gear when they broke The headlights it. being on is Photoshopped. The Lucas electrical relays would never allow that to happen. Yeah, one might turn on, barely. <laughs> um, it, this one's cool. Triumph 2000 Roadster, 1949, so you can't hit that bell. Shoot. But, I mean, it's cool. I'm it's got a rumble seat. Bell itchy. Yeah, uh, and then let's see here. We've got an Oldsmobile uh, Super 88 Coupe, which is why would anybody want that when the Holiday Coupe exists? 70 Camaro Z28, 29 Pierce Arrow Series 133 Roadster. There you go. Slap that bell, boy. And also the largest production engine ever put made on a vehicle. And the first car with uh, molded headlights into the fenders. Great. Uh, everything after that. Or I'm not interested unless it's Duncan Pittaway's 28 liter Fiat. And then Lamborghini 350 uh, That's GT. pretty cool. Yep. And then, oh, the last one is the 1937 Bugatti Type 57S Atlantic Coupe. Uh, now, this one's also a clone. This is not the real one. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, the wheelbase is totally wrong. The, the and... wire wheels were, they had alloy wheels. Yeah. These are worse. This isn't real. Anyway, um, that's disappointing, and that, people should be ashamed of themselves. themselves you can themselves. O- you can obviously tell from the quality of those photos, the style of those photos, that was put together probably in like the early 2000s or late 90s. Maybe. And the car choice. The, the cameras definitely were, and the cars definitely the, were. The cameras, Those are all the boomer garage charms. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we got that because they were like, hey, you should give these to your customers. No! I <laughs> Oh, cool. Let I don't me... want them no. to have the wrong idea. Like, no, no. I can easily just take 12 pictures of customer cars in our parking lot, slap them onto a piece of paper, and staple them Hashtag together. Hashtag ask me about cheap phaetons. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, so now uh, O'Reilly's is a master of that, and we're into that part of the year. And I, if I get some real goodens, I might uh, at least. I was honestly expecting worse with O'Reilly in the title. Oh, don't worry. Miguel hasn't given me this year's O'Reilly. I'm sure that there's going to be like a Cadillac Alante, like hot rod, that will be in it or something. Just something. Terrible what they should have done is they they should have done the twins, the Mosler Twin Star, and they should have done it with an Alante instead of the Eldorado. That would actually been kind of. That cool. actually would have been kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about French stuff. If you're done with that story. Ha ha Merci Twingo. So the two CV. We all know and love this vehicle, especially for its initial design constraints of having to drive over a rough field at 30 miles an hour. Without breaking eggs. Without breaking eggs. And you can wear a hat. And you can wear a hat because it's very tall. And also Michael's is great. What some maniacs on the internet have done, though, Regalopnik, is they have taken a 2CV, they have cut two feet out of the middle of it, 
and they've turned it into a sort of Messerschmitt with a motorcycle engine and a single wheel in the back. I see this. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, other I... than the fact that it's still super-duper adorable, and narrowing a 2CV somehow makes it even cuter than a regular 2CV. It, it does look actually even cuter. But it's got the Messerschmitt, you know, one in front of the other seat arrangement, kind of like a Twizy. And they've kept all the charm of the interior. Like, it still has, like, the cardboard side panels. It still has the really nasty vinyl upholstery. I kind of like it. And, of course, the first comment is a Messerschmitt photo. It but. does look like a Messerschmitt. Uh, <laughs> it's a less endearing Messerschmitt. It is. But it's also French, which is kind of yeah, I mean, neat. Vichy French. Uh, I tried to click on the video, and then we got an ad. Oh, okay, we're not Another gonna... ad. We got two ads. So let's so go ahead and ads. close out of yep. this. Because you're not getting ad revenue from us. Screw you. Uh, oh, now we're back. Okay. No, no, no. Well, anyway, care. that's I, how it works. It's point. a bike engine, so you don't get the cool, weird dash in out manual shifter. But I mean, you, it's a two you, CV. You gotta love a two CV. I, I do, I do. But and now that's it's a rear wheel drive two CV. It's they've lost a lot of the charm for me at least. They have because it's the two CV takes a package, and it, when you when you muck with the two CV. It, it makes it less great. It does. I mean, the thing was so pure to begin with. By the way, Le Peterson has a, a 2CV Sahara. Did you steal it? We were in I the love vault. that Jana messaged me. It's like, the tour guide is so enthused that I love 2CVs and French cars. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It was really, really cute. <laughs> you guys probably got along very, very Yeah, the, the, the tour guide was so. great. That's a great museum. Uh, now, speaking of maniacs. <clears throat> yes? I have pre-war news. I'm sorry. But uh, Hot Rod Drag Week happened a few weeks ago. It did. And there's a gentleman named James Ebby who uh, we talked about. It's a good name. Yeah, we talked about him last year because he had a 1919 Franklin um, Series 9B Touring that he drove from Florida to Monterey Car Week via New York and then drove back. This guy's more badass than Pitaway. Yeah, then drove back via San Diego. Holy shit. Nikes. Yeah. So now he's taking it to Hot Rod Drag Week. So how did it do? Is it actually fast or is it a stock 1990 Franklin? It's stock as hell. So how many, what parts did he have to replace while doing this 6,000? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. How many oil changes? Uh, it's complete loss oiling system. So every 100 miles, you have to. It's a total loss oil total system. Total loss. Yep. Awesome. But here, <clears throat> you can see it doing, that's full throttle down the track. That's okay. Yeah, we're currently watching this 1990 <laughs> Franklin Series 9B Touring go down a quarter mile drag strip. <laughs> he has plenty of time to hang his left hand out of the vehicle and wave at people. So if you look at that that Malibu, uh, that Malibu um, did throttle it down to 21 second quarter mile. Yes, and this did a 28 point seven nine. That's about what Blubsky did when it was stock. It's not bad. It's, it's not that bad. No, under 30 seconds in the quarter. That's not, not bad that at bad. all. Okay. Uh, but so this is what I love about this car is when he finished Hot Rod Drag Week, since he didn't have any breakdowns, he technically finished above halfway through the grid. Oh, the cylinder head is a total loss, but the yeah. crank is not. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, but I mean, so 200 cubic inch straight six. But yeah, he had no, um, he, had, he had no, no breakdowns. Yeah. 45 mile an hour top speed. 
it didn't it do more than forty five in think the quarter? Forty three point seventy eight. Oh, okay. But it, yeah, it was it was there. Wow. Pretty much. I like but, the uh, the constant LED hazard lights that just don't shut off. That, yeah, you, you, there's no safety. <laughs> you want you want those on at all times. Uh, but anyway, so the uh, since he didn't have any breakdowns, one of the rules of Hot Rod Drag Week is you need to drive your car from to every single track. And there's like five tracks over the course of a week, and it's all these like six second muscle cars. Um, but he did it without breaking down, while most of the other cars had at least one breakdown in them, and they were <laughs> able to get them fixed. And every time you have to open up the hood, you get like penalized. Oh, well, he doesn't have to. Well, can you add oil without opening the hood? Well, y- y- every time you get open up the hood and like actually have to replace a part, I oh, okay, said. Right, yeah, every time you have to like, so replace he's a doing part. Fine then. Yeah, but yeah, so he actually he finished over halfway through the grid. Because so many cars break down during that and just can't make it. So last year, like, uh, Muddy Car Mods brought out their uh, Barra swapped Toyota Cresta. That is a really cool car. Yeah. And they drove it. They did the uh, they did the sealed hood challenge on it where they actually tape your hood shut. And if it comes unsealed, <clears throat> then you're... It's a Barra. It's fine. Well, they, yeah. They, well, they chose to do it at Muddy Car Mods. They're like... Well, we can't find parts anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think if it wasn't for oiling, he James Ebby would have probably done that too if he didn't have to oil it constantly. Yeah, I don't think that should count. There should be like an appeals committee or something like that. But that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's very, very, very I, cool. I don't like the car, but I appreciate the man's balls. I absolutely love that somebody with a pre-war car had the balls to just take. I, I want more people with pre-war cars to do that. Like, like we now have five second daily driven vehicles. Yeah, it's so. Like, why not? You know, take your piece of crap on here. Fine. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. Like it, it, the world is open. Like, yep. it, like we've already we've, we've beat it. Now just have fun with it. Exactly. So yeah, take take your <coughs> Auburn boat tail speedster and take that out to the like drift day. <laughs> I'm gonna take my. Flathead Twin Turbo E36 on Dragway. Screw it. Yeah, exactly. That'd yeah, that'd be so much fun. I could not do the sealed hood challenge with that car. No, absolutely not. But you can you can still take it. And I think if you are currently the owner... Can you imagine how wet that V8's going to sound going down a drag strip? Oh, it's just sound so, so gross. It's a sound like there's no gas that's actually being burned. But it'll have mega squirt. If you're the owner of a Packard Twin 6... That you, sounds old enough for the um, bell. Yes, it is. You immediately have to take that out to an HPDE event. Seriously, you want to be relevant, old person? Yes. Take your old boomer, no, actually, greatest generation car out to the drag strip. Greatest generation? Edwardian? <laughs> <laughs> fine, 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 fine. If you have a brass car, if you have a car that predates chrome plating i'm done talking about old shitty cars you gotta take that out to a a bracket fine yes do that (laughs) i'm gonna use this crummy ass segue okay so we're talking about (laughs) we're talking about these five second drag weight cars i want to talk about regular least special cars doing drag times so modern automotive performance it's a very well-known tuning shop in the twin cities here they have a couple of shop cars all over our stream it's fine it doesn't matter i want to they're gonna fine youtube people congratulations on knowing about the topics for today (laughs) and (laughs) wednesday no Ah. actually it's gonna be next weekend because i'm out of town so we're gonna drop them on saturdays um 
Yeah, there's a lot of bugs in here. Yeah, and um, that's that's a plasma <clears> screen, so, anyway, so I'm not map, touching anymore. It's an LCD. I got it on Marketplace. You're fine. Perfect. They have two shop cars right now that they own. One of them is a Jira Supra. We're not talking about that today. The other one is a new Honda Civic Si manual. So they have been stressing this little 1.5 turbo to see exactly what they can get out of it. And I'm good friends with the tuner there. They have... We've had the tuner on the show before. We have. Brian May. Mm. Somebody that I'm not allowed to talk to. Very special. And you're not allowed to talk to because you guys just talk forever. But we're all together on Thursday. They have scattered one engine already, but it was due to over revs from flat foot shifting while doing drag time. So they put another stock engine in it with a GT35R billet wheel turbo, and they had to throw nitrous at it to finally scatter it. It was 487 wheel torque on a stock unopened 1.5 junkyard turbo engine. That was also out of a crash, so... It was, and it's been over revved numerous times flat foot shifting it. And it has M6 metric rod bolts, which, to put it in perspective... M6? M6. The entire bolt force holding the rotating assembly of this engine together is akin to what you would find on a typical daily driver door being held on a car. Yeah. Those are M6 bolts. And that's Go open the, the door together. to your car. Very, very likely. The bolt holding the door to the hinge is an M6. Yeah, that's insane. And this has 487 torque at the tire running through eight of those. Is that Uggadugas or pound feet or foot That's Uggadugas. Uggadugas? All right. Yep. It's, it's 0.5 Uggadugas. So I just want you to know, um, so there's some talk that Andrew Chase is either has or is in contention for the highest horsepower ever put out of a GSR, a unopened a head bolt. Yeah, B18C1. That's um, a good engine. Yeah. And he puts out about he puts out 400 horsepower. And that's, well, I mean, I've got that, a, that's the most that you could get out of it. On a full yeah. stock with the head gasket and all that, I, that's pretty good. I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of power out of B18C1s, but it's yeah. been, you know, with but some work done to them. We're talking or the original head gasket. Or not, right. head, but not, I mean, the original valve cover gasket from, like, 1998 when the car was put together. Sure. Like, unopened. He literally slapped a turbo on it. Put on huge fuel injectors and ran the 85 into it. <laughs> nice. And just called it a day. And that, that's, like, where the scar is at. Um, and, yeah, he's putting out 400. So that, that gives you an idea of how much power you're making. Honda just makes the best piston engines. It just, they they it really is, do. They that, really do. That's it. There's no debate. I mean, you can love your LS all you want because they make tons of power, but that's a lot of displacement. And yeah. displacement per horsepower potential, you, just, you can't touch a, a B, H, K, or L. Yeah. You just can't. You really Even can't. Even an F, honestly. Yeah. Well, the F, that series is our highest flowing single override cam engine they ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's, it really, it is absolutely true. And it's those things are, I, I love Toyota and I, I really, I used to be like the biggest fan in the world of Honda, but like, I will say the Honda engines is. engines are great too. They are. But I will say that Honda is objectively probably the best engine builder like, think of a K twenty four A two. Things two point four liters. Yeah. Unopened. You can make six, seven hundred horsepower out of that engine. Oh yeah. You, yeah, you totally. look look at a look at a two J. Look at three liters, you can make thousand. Easy. Yeah, so easily. it's it's on that platform, but a K is an all aluminum engine that weighs like two hundred pounds. And that, that and a J is like seven hundred pounds. Well the thing is Honda's out of you have every one of their engines be like that. Right. Where like Toyota, like, yeah, they make really, really good engines. They do. And they're very reliable. 
but like a Honda D series, you can get a hundred horsepower out of that all motor easily. They ship with that. Well, not a D series, but I mean, like Some that's that's a single overhead cam, fuel efficient, like subby compact car engine. Like a D sixteen Z six will easily make that. Yeah, well, I mean, stock makes like one twenty, maybe. Right. Which is still a pretty awesome for a one point six single fun. cam. It's fun. It's very linear. It's good torquey. But I mean, like you, you can like my Y eight Mini Me they have that's a A six D sixteen A six with the white sil- VTEC cylinder head on it. Mm-hmm. That's one hundred and sixty horsepower. Engine all day long and it's capable of 180 even. Oh, there's people that yeah. I mean, yeah. you're limited you can, by the cylinder you, head on those, but there's people that make a lot of NA well, that, that's such as white. So white, it's right. not. That's yeah. the not. No, it's the not limited one. That's the better flowing one. So the okay. The I was y- thinking about the Z6. The Z6 is a really good cylinder head, but the Y8s have a smaller. I'm ashamed that I know what these are. Yeah, the the Y8 actually has a smaller. Um, I didn't know that. Compression dome. But so I do know the two best yeah. cylinder heads for a D-series, and I shouldn't. Yeah. So there you go. The best uh, non-VTEC is the A6. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> that's enough. Uh, <laughs> in the interest of being able to give you an episode per week for the next two weeks, we what did we learn to, today? Yeah, call it after this. Um, <laughs> you go first. I got to think. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. So the thing that I learned um, <laughs> in the last week, because it's still technically, what time is it? 12... It's 10 a.m. in California, so it's just the thing. The thing that I learned this week um, is that just because somebody's like a big celebrity or in a community, I mean, I shouldn't say he's, he's not like Brad Pitt or anything, but like, right. if somebody's well known in the community, sometimes they are just as genuine as as they come off as. It's rare. But it exists. Some people are as good as you imagine they will be. Yes. So meeting your heroes is okay. It is okay. Excellent. It's a good filter. <laughs> what did you learn? Um, I learned that it is ridiculously expensive, time-consuming, and difficult to replace a refrigerator. Yes, it is. It's like a it's like a graphics card. I'll let you know when it actually happens. It's like a graphics card when you're not planning on it. Graphics card. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, that's oh, what I have you. to do right now. The Red Devil finally died. Oh no. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. It probably it might still be under warranty. No, it was is from that whole my whole blue screen thing, I think it fried it, like, internally. So, Bummer. Make sure it's not just your power supply or something. No, power supply's good. All okay. right. Well, Thanks. that's a bummer. Right. Bye-bye.